I've got our first passage for tonight. It comes from Isaiah 9, uh, verses 2 through 6. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for the burning, will be the fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. She has it memorized. I don't. Um, Luke 2, 1 through 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place with Quirinius, was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him, and he was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Rise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. All right. So, in the mid-1960s, to cave explorers decided to enter some caves in order to conduct a, an experiment that they wanted to test out the long-term effects of darkness on the human psyche. And so the explorers, along with a team of experts that went with them, they went into the caves, and the explorers weren't connected to one another. They were isolated about 100 yards apart from each other. They had no contact, and so the researchers kept tabs on them, and, and they would check their vitals, and the entire time. So one explorer lasted about 88 days in total darkness. The other one, 126 days. 126 days. And they discovered all kinds of effects of darkness on a human. The, the number one by far was just the overall disorienting effects of darkness. And a lot of them, uh, both of them, very much so lost their, their, really their sense of time. Each explorer, when they came out, was thinking it was way earlier than it was. They were off by several months. One of them thought it was February. It was actually April. And one explorer uh, afterwards who took a, took a nap, he thought it was a 30-minute nap. It ended up being a 30-hour nap, and he had no idea. It was completely and totally 
disorienting. And so years later, there was a British study and they, where they took six just normal, average citizens and they wanted to do uh, test out the effects of solitary confinement in total darkness. And the goal was to go for about 48 hours. And so just six normal, average people. One of, them was a, one of the guys was a comedian. And so about halfway through, the comedian started singing songs just to kind of build up his encouragement in the, in the moment. And, and then as he's singing, he just all of a sudden burst into tears, hysterical, hyster- crying hysterically. He just couldn't, couldn't handle because he was so disoriented. Some of the others, they were brought food to eat. And instead of eating, they were so confused, they thought the researchers were playing tricks on them and that they were eating live creatures instead of actual food. They were just panicked. They were paranoid. And so not only did they lose their sense of time, but they also lost their sense of reality. And then, in true American fashion, American study, we did a reality show. And where the goal was to... Uh, and to last about six days, and uh, it was 2017, the Discovery Channel did it, uh, one of the last six days, they dropped three contestants off in a cave, and they separated each one of them from, uh, from each one another, and uh, the show lasted uh, three episodes, and then it was canceled, and uh, we don't even know why, we just know it didn't make it, and so let that be a lesson to you, the disorienting effects of darkness. Darkness in the Bible is often used that we see the effects of sin. The effects of sin on people and the effects of sin of, on creation. These are the disorienting effects of a life without God. And so we're introduced to God in the scriptures at the very beginning, who from the very beginning, his very first words are, let there be light. This is what he says. And so sometimes we understand Darkness is that disorienting feeling where we don't know up from down or in or out or even good from evil. But this, this is the hope of Christmas. The hope is that while we were in darkness, God found us. He found us. And so this is where we find ourselves today, celebrating the light that has come into the world, the announcement of Jesus' birth, bursting light from angels. This is bright star in the sky. Even Jesus says this about himself. In John chapter 8, he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And 700 years earlier, before that, Isaiah was there, and he, he saw it coming. He saw the light coming, and he says, Arise and shine, for that light has come, and the light has risen upon you. And so this morning, real quick, I just want to look at how is it in this season we celebrate how the light has come, how is it that light overcomes? How is it in our own lives? What is it that God has done for us, and how does the light overcome? The first one is this, is that the light awakens us to a truer story. There's something about light that dispels the lies that get magnified in our lives. Maybe you've been camping before and it's nighttime and every, every you know, bustle of the leaves or the bushes or whatever you think is some just raging animal that's coming to attack you and you just, it's this, it's every movement outside is, you know, Bigfoot. I remember I went camping when I was younger and we, 
um, were going to bed at night. And I remember we woke up in the tent, and there was a, a it was a group of boys. We we had gone camping with a, a, a church group, and um, we woke up in the middle of the night. And we hear all this commotion, and we are convinced we're 11 years old. We're convinced it is a herd of monsters that have shown up outside. It's so loud and we are terrified and we're trying to be brave in front of one another and we're trying to act like we're not scared but we were in tears until finally somebody couldn't handle it anymore and he stood up and unzipped the tent because he had to go to the restroom and so he took two steps out of the tent and there about 20 feet away were a herd of cows it was cows no monsters just dumb old cows there's just something about the light that can dispel the fears that so often come into our lives. And the light comes into the world so that we can think differently about our fears. Our fears get magnified in the dark, but so do our hopes. So do our hopes. Our hopes get magnified in the dark. And the light comes in the world so that we can think differently about our fears. But in the dark, our fears get magnified and our hopes get magnified. And so we're out camping and we're hungry, and we wake up in the morning, and so we reach over, and we grab that snack that was there the night before, and we start munching on it, only to find out that it was a handful of leaves. Our hopes get magnified in the dark as well. This is what happened in the very first century to the people of God. The emperor had called himself the son of God. The emperor called himself the prince of peace. And so the gospel writers are in there, and they're kind of trolling Rome as they write the gospels. They're going, actually... The real son of God, the real prince of peace, the real king of the Jews, and yet here he is placed in a manger. And so they're saying we're going to tell stories about Jesus in such a way as to announce to Rome that the true king, the true prince of peace is really here. And so the light comes into the world so that we can reframe and see a truer story. We have a tendency, a great tendency. To allow our fears to be too great and our hopes to be too small. We hang everything in our lives on the new uh, relationship or the new job or maybe that new raise or the new place where we're moving. And yet the light comes into the world to tell us a truer story. Your fears and your hopes too small. There's something else that happens when the light comes into the world in Isaiah that we had just read, chapter 60. It says, Arise and shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. In verse 3, here it is. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So this is what is known now as the great reversal. All the exiles who had been sent away and who were being sent away now were going to be returning to their land. Isaiah says there's coming a day when the light will result in a great reversal. Those that were exiled will be returning. But he's not just talking about the Jews. He's talking about other nations. Other nations too. He's remembering the original promise of Abraham that I will make a great nation out of you and that through you all nations will be blessed. So the light awakens us to a truer story, but it also, the second thing is this, it awakens us to a larger story, a bigger story. We recognize that Jesus has come not only for you, not only for me, but for others around us as well. 
everyone around us. In fact, the light has come into the world for the prodigal. The light has come into the world for our classmates. The light has come into the world for those from other countries, from other cities, from across the street, from all over the entire world. And as people who live in the light, we begin to love and to live differently. And the big challenge for those who live in the light is, is that it requires the eyes of faith. Living in the light requires the eyes of faith. Because right now, we have this service where we have, we have these nice songs, and we're going to be lighting some candles, and we're going to sing a song. And tomorrow is Christmas morning. It's, oh, it's going to be so excited. But, but later on, maybe in the middle of January or maybe halfway through February, we're, we're slogging through another day at work, and we find ourselves in the car we find ourselves in the cubicle, we find ourselves, and, and, and everything is different, and it's colder, and there's less hope, and there's less light. And we think in that moment, we think, well, what is, we, we begin to ask ourselves, what, what happened to all the, the Christmas stuff? What happened to all that Christmas stuff? But that light awakens us to a different story and invites us to live into that story against all evidence to the contrary. So we can see this in the way that kids approach Christmas morning. The, kid, the way kids approach Christmas morning, just total, pure excitement. They're in this room right now, and they're going, oh, my Lord, will this guy stop? We stop talking. We get it. There's lights, and they're on my Christmas tree. And you know what else is under the Christmas tree? Presents, and I'm never going to get them because he keeps talking. They're so excited, boiling over. You remember when you were that young. You were so excited about Christmas. Maybe you're still the same way. You're like, I'm serious. I can't wait until tomorrow. We see it. with As Christians, we have an expectation that we carry with us. We have a hope that even when it's dark outside, we say, no, 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 no. There's a new day that's coming. There's a new day that's coming. That sun is about to come up. I think I, think I, may be able, I, may, I might even be able to see it. Because as Christians, we have a hope that's down deep that we know is true. We know the sun's coming up over the horizon. It's about to be Christmas morning. That's Advent. That's where we are. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we know that coming again very soon is another arrival. And so we have a kind of hope where the sun's about to come. I remember when we were, um, when the kids were little, we had, a, Lindsay and I had a rule when the kids could come up, uh, when, when they could wake up in the morning and come into our room. Now, obviously, <laughs> we had lots of rules, and some of them they followed, some of them they did not. But we had a rule, and the rule was you couldn't come into the room in the morning. You had to sleep until the sun came up. And so I remember so often one of the kids would bust through the door. The sun would not be up, and they would crawl on the bed, and they would say, Dad, Dad, let's get up. And I remember I would open up one eye, and I would look over, and it's pitch black outside. There's not, there, is not a, there is no sun. There is no light just moonlight, and I'm so tired. And I'll say, the sun's not coming up. It's not up yet. They say, yes, it is. The sun's up. The sun's up. I say, no, it's not. Go back to your room. You know. So they would go back to the room, and they would go straight to sleep. They would not. They would not go straight to sleep. They would just bounce in their bed, and they couldn't wait for the sun to come up. And I, kids are amazing, though, and they have, this, they have this skill. I mean, I didn't have it. I didn't have it, but they have this skill. And somehow, at the precise moment that the darkness of night would begin to change, one tiny shade of color. Now, normal people with just the naked eye could not see this shade color difference. 
however children have this skill and they could, and, to, and, and, and they would say, no, Dad, I promise, I promise the sun's coming up. And I'd say, fine, you can go play quietly in your room. You can go in there, go play quietly in your room. But then I'd lay there and I'd start to doubt myself, and I'd say, is it? Is the sun really coming up right now? Is, sun, is, it, is it about to come up? Are they right? Sure enough, slowly but surely, the sun is starting to come. Things starting to lighten up a little bit. And I think, oh, my goodness, they were right. They were right. They were right. It just took a few minutes. This is actually the job of every Christ follower, to everyone around us, to both announce it that the light is here, but also to live in such a way that other people begin to doubt themselves. And they begin to go, is, is there really a greater light? Is there, is, there a light about to, is there really a light that's about to come? To live in such a way where they know, no, 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 I know the sun's about to come up. I know it's about to come up. And that others around go, man, they're, they're pretty convincing. Do they know something that I don't know? Do they have something that I don't have? It's a new day. It's Christmas morning to live in such a way as it bursting forth. And so the invitation is to live into that moment, that the light is here. It's a new day. In the Gospels, we see pictures of angels announcing the arrival of this light, announcing the arrival of this night. We think, oh, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice to see an angel again appear and go, oh, this is Jesus who's here. But the meaning translation even in the new testament oftentimes of that word angel is angel but it's also messenger a messenger i just wonder if that isn't also the call of those who follow jesus all messengers are to be announcers announcers that the light is not just on the way the light is here and even in the darkest moment in the darkest night the light the sun's coming up that sun's coming up this is the hope of Christmas. We will never get tired. We'll never stop being enthralled with hearing the story of Jesus' birth. Why? Because it touches a part of our soul, a part of our soul that is innately empty in order that only God can fill it. I saw you. I, I, I saw of you. Lindsay's sitting up here, and she's reliving her children's ministry days telling this story, and she's saying, what face would you make if an angel popped out? And then I saw some of y'all, and y'all made that face. You were in. It was just the simplest children's story, and you're locked in, and you're like, oh, oh my goodness. You're in. You know why? Because that's the, that's the story that we all long to hear, and we all long to know, and we know that it's true in the deepest part of us, that the light is coming. That shade, maybe in your life, the color difference over it, it may just be one shade difference. But the hope of Christ is the message of Christmas. That's why we're here this morning. The light has come. The light has come to you. The light has come to you for you, but the light has also come for the sake of others. And so in this moment, I want to respond I'd like to, for us to respond in maybe one of two ways. For, for some of you, it's a moment for you to step into the light, to say, I've, I've, I've been living with my eyes closed, laying down like a tired old dad, <laughs> and, 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 and just 
just go, I just want to go back to sleep. I just want to, I just want to zone out. I just want it to be done. I just want this to go away and that to go away. And that, and you've been living with your eyes closed. And instead, the message for you this morning is actually the light has come. You don't have, you don't have to live in darkness anymore. And the challenge is for you to step into the light. So the question is, are you going to step into the light this morning? This evening? Or maybe for the re- for, for for others of you in here, it's not just to step into the light, but it's but it's to step out with the light. You have the light of Christ in you, and yet, as Jesus said in, in the Gospels, don't don't take your light and hide it under a bush. Instead, take that light and let everybody know. Let everybody know. Now, some people may be grumpy to find out that the sun's coming out. But other people have been waiting for too long to find out that there is hope, that hope is here. So this morning I want to pray for you, and then we're going to sing a song. Um, We're going to light some candles and and sing a song together. So if you would, if you would close your eyes, bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, tonight we're so grateful. God, we're grateful that you're the light. You've sent the light in your son Jesus, and now we can live with the knowledge, knowing not only the knowledge, God, but an absolute transformed heart. And so we pray tonight, God, that you would change our hearts, remind us of the sun that is coming up, the light that is dawning. So, God, I pray that you would change our hearts, change our minds. Father, I pray that you would make us more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, would you stand with me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light a candle. And as me and Michaela begin to sing a song, we're going to start the candle on this front row over here, and then we're going to pass it. So what's going to happen is somebody's going to have a candle in their hand. You don't get to light your own candle. You don't get to light your own candle. What's going to happen is, is you're gonna, your candle is going to get to be lit from somebody that's beside you or somebody that's behind you. And I want you to recognize in that moment that Jesus is the light of the world, but how he shines the brightest is when others, when you and others take that light and recognize that it's morning. It's morning. The sun's on its way up.
Father, tonight we're so grateful. God, we weren't there 2,000 years ago, but you were. And the story, the truth of that life is still just as clear, just as evident, just as true with us even right now. God, I'm so grateful. God, for the light has shone and shines bright in our lives. Lord, we're grateful for you. We're grateful for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Merry Christmas. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> hey, I want to leave you with some hope. Jesus is the light of the world, and he's come into the world, and the darkness cannot overcome him. So thank you for being with us tonight at our Christmas Eve service. Uh, you can drop these candles off as you exit right outside in the foyer. Reminder, we won't be here tomorrow uh, on Christmas Day, but we will have service on New Year's 1030. Hope to see you here. Merry Christmas.